3: love too cold like an uncle but I also told him that
1: I ain't trying to see that what three wrestling matches would you watch if you were stranded on a desert island this is what I'm asking wrestling's best in the ring around the ring behind the scenes or behind a microphone I'm Tom Campbell thank you for joining me on Cultaholic Island for another episode of Desert Island Graps
0: Fighting
1: out right
3: of
1: Toyo, Ohio by way of brings all boys to the Hey, Jackson! Hey. hey, Jackson, how are you doing? I'm good. How are you? Doing all good over here. What has kept you sane during this stupid 12 months that we've had?
3: <laughs> what has kept me sane? Um, i guess in the lack of better words and this is horrible but twitter yeah (laughs) because twitter will have some great days and twitter will have some horrible days but it's always there's always a day of something going on
1: how do you 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 keep those those bad days from creeping too much in and 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 that sort of thing like do you are you regimented with your twitter usage or is it just Oh,
3: yes. There are times I delete the app completely. I'll reinstall it probably later on that night, but I'll like try to stay away. But you know what? It's also it's life like life has its ups and downs. And so does social media there when there's good days, there's good days. But when there's bad days, there are bad days.
1: Who do you follow on Twitter that always lights up your day? <laughs>
3: Who do I follow that lights up my day? Um, I would say, um, my friend. Um, uh, I'm not even gonna pronounce her name right on Twitter because I know her personally, so <laughs> but I don't want to put her government out there. But uh, I'll I'll do it. She'll be mad. Uh, her name is Kanisha. Uh, she um her Twitter is amazing, and um, you know what? xavier woods twitter like he, he's really good at twitter
1: like he really is i think it's important to have those people that you can just if anything else you just unfollow everyone but tanisha and xavier woods yeah and, and twitter's a much much happier place for it um of course twitter you probably won't have much time for now because you you are back to uh, a job that you're excellent at which is talent scouting for yeah. the sweatpants invitational uh, and <laughs> We've got it, and we're going to talk about that in a little bit. We've, we've got lots to address on that, but we're sending you before then onto a desert island, Faye. All right. And uh, we are going to allow you to burn a DVD. On that DVD, you can have three wrestling matches that you will happily watch whilst you are stranded. So, what would you like your first match to be, Faye?
3: All right. So, it the first match is Sasha Banks versus Becky Lynch versus Charlotte.
1: Those women have completely changed the
2: game. Three women who have revolutionized NXT. Becky Lynch. Charlotte. Sasha Banks. The NXT Divas
1: take it over. Take a look at the future of women's wrestling.
2: It's Charlotte pummeling her friend Becky. Being best friends doesn't get you to the top. This is what it's always been about. Wait just a
3: minute, the boss is in the house! And nothing is going to stop me from becoming Divas Champion. Cuz I'm the boss, legit. You are going to know me as Becky Lynch, the woman that's ripping off your
2: arm and taking your title. One's going home to obscurity, and the other is gonna wind up a trivia question on the WWE Network who did charlotte defeat at her first wrestlemania and then a record-breaking crowd in texas will be chanting one thing
3: they were trying to prove that women are really out here wrestling and honestly that wrestlemania they stole the show I did watch it live. I'm sure I was probably at home. Yeah, I think I was. I don't think I went out. I, I know I was in the business, but I, you know how we do those WrestleMania weekends where we're, you know, uh, we go down there and we wrestle. That wasn't a year that I went and traveled anywhere.
1: With yourself as, as somebody who was uh, so passionate about wrestling at that point, what did it mean watching that match go down seeing for the first time ever and it took long enough to get here the 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 women's match going on last at wrestlemania what does that mean to you Faye?
3: it just showed me that women can actually go like they put my thing my main thing about wrestling matches especially now everybody can do everything in a match and it's fine more credit to them Mm. but you gotta be able to tell a story, and sometimes that gets lost. That art form gets lost now. Like, why are these women wrestling? And they had the build up to it. Like, they got rid of the Divas title. They had Lita there. They had the. They brought in the women's title. These women, three. These three women had something to prove that they are the best in the business. So that lead up to it. And then actually seeing it go down and the match was just, it was flawless. It was flawless. You, everybody, I'm sure everybody thought that Becky Lynch was going to win. And then for Charlotte just to come up under and get her after that, it was just like, oh, oh, this
1: glorious, glorious match. It was earlier in the night, wasn't it, where you had Lita unveil the women's championship. It was on the night of that WrestleMania. And and that in itself, and I don't think people, there's, a lot of people don't truly appreciate how significant that was. It wasn't just we've redesigned a belt. No, this is a change of ethos. This is it's no longer under this diva's mantle. And it's and it's a belt that is the, the same size, the same weight, a slightly yeah. different color to the men's heavyweight championship, yeah. which, which says it all completely. And, and that that must have, did when that was a moment that nobody saw coming. so that must again a, a big turning point for wrestling.
3: It was. I mean and I don't discredit the divas at all because the divas were out there doing their thing as well, but at that time they were trying to establish themselves as anti diva so everybody was on that bandwagon like yeah these women can actually wrestle they're not just here because they're pretty like let's make it an anti-diva thing and you know let's call it, we're not divas we're women and I get that like I I get that I'm, I'll still be a diva though I'm not taking that away <laughs> I'm, I'm, uh, we're here to we're here to uh show love to any woman that's in the business no matter what their role is so even if they are divas if there are you know divas women whatever whatever you want to call it but at that point it was so significant to the business because it got rid of I guess you could call it a the pretty term for women like the women are divas so they were trying to get rid of that term It's like hey they're just women
1: that match in particular, you, as it was away from it being important, it was a really, really solid match between three people who know each other oh so well. Is there a moment from that match, Faye, that you you can remember beat for beat that you really love? As as a wrestler yourself, is there ones that you can recall that you really enjoyed? When
3: I saw Charlotte get up to the top rope and do the moonsault to the outside, like that, to me was. I wouldn't say it hasn't been done before. It's been done plenty of times. But to see a woman of that caliber do something like that, that was just like, I think everybody I think everybody in the arena, you could hear the the gasp, like, oh, like that was one of the points where you actually heard the crowd gasp. And I just remember that. And then Ric Flair being ringside. Like I said, I love when something, I love when wrestling tells a story. So Ric Flair being ringside interfering because he wants to see his daughter like do something spectacular. Um, to me, he's one of the greatest. So <laughs> since he's one of the greatest and he's able to implement himself into that story, that that's one of the things I definitely remember about that match.
1: Uh, with from that match so as you say at the time you were watching it you you weren't getting booked anywhere what what, where were you based at that point in terms of like your career because I know you were doing stuff at the ROH dojo you were there by that point weren't you yes um take us back before then what was it that that got you bitten by the wrestling bug in the first place
3: Well, I always watch wrestling. Like I grew up watching wrestling. I think, and I feel like every person that is in the business says they grow up watching wrestling. Like that's just a cliche thing. But for me, I like, I just, I watched it with my brothers. I watched it with my cousins. I watched it with my friends in school, like our whole, my whole junior high school. Like if you didn't watch wrestling, you weren't cool. Like we, <laughs> it got it got to the point where my junior high school was like so into it that any keywords like Stone Cold or you talk about rocks or you talk about Undertakers or you talk about shows or you talk about glass breaking, all that got banned and we got sent to detention. Like that's how bad we were with it. <laughs>
1: Can you recall a a specific occasion where wrestling got you sent to detention (laughs) Faye?
3: okay so yes we yes i knew you'd have one i knew you'd have one (laughs) so we were in gym class and our teacher dropped us off to gym class because we had to walk outside to like an outdoor building and like as soon as our teacher turned around I don't think we liked our gym teacher at that time, so I think we we're just supposed to be shooting basketballs. And instead, one of my um, friends picked up a steel chair. Don't know where they got it from. Picked it up, started hitting people in the back with it. Everybody started print, pretend wrestling. Um, by the time the gym teacher turned around and seen all the hoopla going going on, I had speared one of my classmates, (laughs) and she saw it. So so I had to go to detention that day.
1: (laughs) How how long was the detention for for spearing a classmate? I'm intrigued.
3: It was only like an hour. Oh, that's fine. (laughs) An hour after school. But, you know, especially, I don't know how your parents were, but my mom was like, you know, school ends at 245 you live down the street. You better have your house ass in this house by three PM or something's wrong. So the fact that I walked in the house at four PM, she already knew. Something something was wrong.
1: What happened when you told her what happened?
3: Um, she wasn't happy. We'll just put it that way. <laughs> she wasn't happy.
1: <laughs> are you are you from a big family, Faye? Because you mentioned your brothers earlier on. Are you from a big family?
3: so i have uh three half brothers and they uh are like a lot older than me mm-hmm. so they were in and out the house i think by the time i was born my the one that's closest to my age is dang, <clears throat> how old is Aaron? um it's gotta be like Forty-five at this point or something so maybe he's like 10 years like 10 11 years older than me so yeah <laughs> and I have so many cousins like from my mom's side and my dad's side because my dad's side had my dad had 10 brothers two sisters my mom had two brothers and three sisters
1: so It was just a big, 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 happy family. And and are you all close as a family as well? Um,
3: Yeah, absolutely. I still talk to them to this day. I even have to limit what I post on my Facebook from time to time because (laughs) they will, like, they know I wrestle, but they don't like the fact that I wrestle men because that's just how they are. They just are like, you know. And I love, I love intergender wrestling. And that's most of the time that a proponent tells me I'm wrestling a man, I'm like, cool, awesome. I just gotta make sure not to try to say anything on my Facebook. Sometimes it goes on Facebook automatically if I post it on Instagram. And you know, I'll get questions. My mom's cool with it, like regardless, because she's like man or woman, just beat their ass. Like that's all she cares about. <laughs> <laughs> but I did accidentally um post on my facebook recently that uh me and biggie were having a street fight in tampa and i got a few messages like are you okay do we need to come to tampa Are uh are you <laughs> are you gonna be all right do we need to send troops like is everything right? i'm like, it's- <laughs> like i'm like it's not a big deal trust me i got it it's not a big deal <laughs>
1: They're all just looking out for you, aren't they, Faye? That's yes. what this all is. Yes.
3: <laughs> you
1: you mentioned you've you've um you've got you've got one half brother who's closest to your age, but I mean, I'm not saying who's your favorite, but <laughs> but who's your favorite, Faye?
3: None of them. They always <laughs> beat me up as a kid.
1: Oh, would they? Was it? Was it? Were you always on the receiving end?
3: Yes. <laughs> yes. I wish my mom still had a picture of my oldest brother. Uh, when I was like two three years old he used to take my foot he used to hang me over a banister by just one hand and just like hold me over there until I'm like screaming bloody Mary and they used to like toss me as a toss me like a football one time they dropped me and they tried to act like they didn't (laughs) I was screaming to my mom Uh, one time I tried to play baseball with them and they made sure so I wouldn't play with them that they uh, like threw a fastball straight to my head like they were (laughs) they were something else I love them dearly I do love them dearly they were something else though
1: so spin forward to, to you saying that you and you and Big E are going to be are gonna be knocking each other out in Tampa in a street fight, and, and they're home going, well, actually, no, we're the only ones that can beat you up. He can't.
3: He, yeah. <laughs> we're yeah. on our way. <laughs> like, who is this man, and why are you in a street fight, and why do we need to pop up at Costco's in Tampa, Florida, because I will pop up. And then even my um, – because I got nieces and nephews. And I I look at them as like my children because even so even when I was like in high school, they started you know popping out babies, of course, because they're you know way older than me. So I was always a babysitter. And now they're at the age where like some of them are 19, some are 18, and they'll text me every now and then like auntie are you okay auntie can we come with you now what my nephew texted me a couple of weeks ago and was like auntie can i come to te- tampa with you and i was like well i got a couple of shows i have to do oh i don't care He's like i don't <laughs> care he's like are there gonna be any men around you because if they are i'm gonna tell them that you're not available <laughs> like that's how they are <laughs> i was like there's gonna be that. men everywhere but okay <laughs>
1: But they can't have you. They're not allowed to. <laughs> That's so lovely. Um, Faith, if wrestling hadn't hadn't come along, what was what was the plan going to be for you? What were, what were you planning career wise away from wrestling?
3: Well, actually, I was planning to become a sports agent. I always loved sports, even if I wasn't the best playing with it. Playing sports, like I was a swimmer in high school, but um, I always loved because I was always watching it. There was nothing else on TV. It was either baseball, it was basketball, it was football, and there was wrestling. So I was always intrigued by it and I always wanted to learn the business the business aspect of it. So that's what I went to school for to actually learn like the inside, the inside ropes of um like running a sports organization and running stadiums and um like the marketing aspect and like how the presentations of all these um, different leagues that put on games because, yeah, the players are there to play games, but you also learn that fans come for a reason. And why are, not to say now, but a few years ago when I worked for the Philadelphia 76ers, they would have sold out games, but they were not good. At that time but why were people still coming besides the fact that they were in philly well it's because they had this awesome dance team that people came to see there was this awesome halftime show that people would come to um there was like philly talent that were like you know uh rap famous rappers and singers that were based out of philadelphia that would come sing at the at the games and things like that so i wanted to know it's a whole entertainment spectrum from you know, you might be disappointed of watching the 76ers lose for like the 80th time, but at least you had a good time at the game. And that's why I like, I kind of ventured into that.
1: And there's a community aspect to, to sports teams as well that, you know, as an agency, you'll you'll no doubt have talked about. Up here in the northeast of England, there's, there's a football team called Sunderland and they're awful, Faye. They are dreadful, <laughs> dreadful, but you will not find better more passionate fans yeah they did a they did a whole netflix documentary on them and it was about to be about them being promoted to the next league and they ended up getting relegated further and it was it was amazing but because the passion and the joy that comes from it and when you're doing stuff like that in that field like how do you what was it that you learned about that sort of world very quickly is it more about the entertainment or is it more about the the community or is it a hot pot of both
3: It's a little bit of both, but at the end of the day, every business is drawn by money. So regardless, what can we do to bring these fans in, even though our team might be horrible or our team might be great, but what are we going to do to keep these fans here and make sure that we have these dedicated fans that want to buy season tickets, that want to bring their family, that want to, you know, just come and say, hey, I've been to a live sports event, Um, even like the New York Giants. New York Giants does nothing during their games. They don't even have cheerleaders, but the New York Jets, they throw like tailgate parties. They have a DJ, they have the cheerleaders going to different suites, doing meet and greets. Uh, You're able to walk up before the game starts. If you're one of the lucky fans, just that's just in attendance, you're able to walk on the field beforehand and take pictures, like they do things that make people want to come again. And that's because people pay a lot of money for these tickets, like New York Giants and Jets tickets in the 300, 400 sections and still go for like three, $400. And that's because they're just a team. So if you're paying that and you're bringing your son, you're bringing your daughter and you're bringing your wife or you're bringing your husband, you're, you're paid almost more than a thousand dollars, you gotta get something out of that. I would assume. And then, you know, a stadium hot dog size like $12 or $13. You want a beer that costs like $15. So you're always you're like, if you go to the game, just make sure you have some money. Then you gotta pay for parking, parking usually costs like $40, $50. So, with all that being said, what's bringing these people back is because they had fun
1: with the 76ers like this is a team that's been around since like the mid 40s yeah. I and mean, did you find that when you were working with them and you were bringing these new ideas about making it all about an experience day, not just about what happens on the pitch. Did you get any any backlash from that, from some of the, the more old school members of that association? Or were they open to the new ideas?
3: They were actually open to the new ideas because they're more of a coming-to-age team. So that's why, like, more recently in the drafts, if they get low draft picks, they go for the youngest players. And these younger players, these players now have added up to they made it to what this past year they made it to the semifinals, I believe and that took a long time coming a long time coming uh because people were not thinking the 76ers could do anything but um they were all open to like new ideas for everything because they want it they want to bring in that younger audience. They want to bring in people that, you know, regardless of how they make their money, as long as you want to spend your money at with the 76ers, they're okay with it.
1: With with a job like running the 76ers, does it help to be like it sounds like a really odd question, but does it help to be a fan because my the concern would be whether you'd be too invested in the passion of the club not be able to step back and look at it as a business. Does that make a difference? Um they want
3: you so it's kind of a yes or no. Mm. And it's kind of like with the with me being a wrestler as well. So they want you to be a fan. You don't have to be a fan, but what they don't want is for Your, you know fan interfering with your work because at the end of the day they're all people too so you can become chummy with the players but don't go on your second day at work hey can i take a picture with you hey can i get your autograph because then it's like you're not here for work you're here because you're a fan at the end of the day this is still a business and you have to treat everyone as your colleague. So if the players do want something, you know, you know, you got obliged to it. Down the line, after you've done your work, everything is completed, the season is over. And if you see one of them at a bar or something like, hey, and they recognize you, you can speak to them. Hey, what's up? Um, But as long as that doesn't interfere with your work at the end of the day. And it's the same with wrestling. Like when we get called to do extra work with WWE, yeah, we see Randy Orton sitting and catering. That doesn't mean I need to go up to him and talk to him and say, Hey, can I take a picture with you and stuff like that? You're automatically getting kicked out. It's the same aspect.
1: How has your experience been doing um extra stuff for WWE? Which you make- <laughs> Excellent. You laugh, so there's stories.
3: Um it's I have stories. <laughs> That's all I can say. Is I have. I am.
1: Enf- I emphasized a bit at the start of the interview where I say, "If there's anything you don't like, we can take it out."
3: <laughs> I have plenty. I have stories. Um, it's always been. It's been cool. Like cool. overall, I wouldn't take that experience away from anything. I even got to be an extra at WrestleMania when they were here in New Jersey, where Kofi won the belt. So. That will always be implemented in my brain, no matter what. I could say that I was there at Kofi Mania and I got to see it live. I got to see it while I ran into the crowd, like everything we could watch, everything in the back. Kofi's match came up. I ran into the crowd. I wanted to see it like right there. I wanted to experience it as a fan. And I met quite a few people, quite a few wrestlers through it. Just being myself though. Like Titus O'Neil, I don't care if he hears this or not. He bullies me, so, so
0: <laughs>
3: <laughs> I'll tell the world that. Like as soon as I'll sit down with a plate of food, he'll look at my food like you ain't eating enough vegetables. Like why are you in my plate? <laughs> why <are> you <laughs> care about what I'm eating?
1: <laughs> well, that's just charming. <laughs> <laughs> Um uh, to go to, to wind it back a little bit, um, what made you make the decision? Because you were, you were watching wrestling, you were looking into uh, work as a sp- in sports agency. But what made you go, actually, I want to see where the wrestling thing goes. I want to get in the ring and, and try that. What led you to that decision? <laughs> so actually, I never thought about being a wrestler because
3: of like, for me, I didn't think I was athletic. I love the business. I love wrestling. I just never thought I could be a part of it because when you watch it, you see like women that are athletic, they got abs, they're skinny and they're pretty. And I was just like, well, I'm very much plus size, not athletic. Uh, I don't know beauty standard wise, if I'll be able to do that. But I used to always go to like the indie shows while I was in New York and New Jersey. And one day I just went to a show in Brooklyn. And one of the, like, one of the, I guess he was like the promoter there. He came up to me while I was sitting there and was like, You're, he's like, you're a distraction. Like, you don't belong here. And I looked at him like, Excuse me? Like, what do you mean I don't belong here? He's like, I have more people paying attention to you than paying attention to the action in the ring. He's like, have you ever thought about getting involved with this? And I was like, hell no. He's like, he's like, this is my school. This is where, this is my phone number. Just think about it. Still, I next month went to another show and he saw me there. And he's like, you should really think about doing this. Like people are drawn to you for some reason. And I'm like, I'm not athletic. Like I'm not trying like i'm not trying to do this i'm plus size i don't think i would fit in but at this time this was when like awesome kong was still you know was still an impact and actually i think she was in at this time when she debuted as karma and i was just like no i don't think this is for me and he's like just come to a training one day and just see what they do so i went just being intrigued i went and we talked about the business a little bit. He's like, look, I know you don't want to be a wrestler. I'm not going to force you to be a wrestler, but you need to be a part of this business somehow. He's like, you ever thought about being a manager? And I was like, just walking somebody out to the ring? Yeah, sure. So the wrestler they pulled me, uh, paired me up with, he saw me, we got to know each other. He was mad cool. His name was Grim Reefer. And he was like, I want you to be my manager. he's like you can't just be my manager that's just going to stand there and be a fifth ring post i'm not with that and i was like okay so what do you want me to do he's like you gotta learn how to take bumps he's like i want you involved you gotta learn how to take bumps and i was just like "Ah, (laughs) he's like no no i got you i got you don't worry so he showed me how to take a back bump then he showed me how to do a front bump then he's like all right so when you get more comfortable with it. I'm going to learn I'm going to show you how to take certain moves because when you come out with me, I want you interfering. But I also want you to protect yourself. I want you to make sure that you know you don't get hurt and just learn how to protect yourself. So, if somebody wants to give you a body slam, learn how to post. If somebody gives you a power drive and learn how to post. I've learned how to take all these moves just for maybe a 5 seconds. just because he want me to be interfering so it kind of just happened in a sense i never thought i would be doing this i loved it i just never thought i'd be doing it
1: describe the first bump you took
3: oh horrible (laughs) horrible (laughs) horrible well first of all your body is not trained to just fall on its own so he showed me how to do the back bump and, of course, I hit my head a whole bunch of times. Didn't do it right. So he's like, he had somebody get on all fours, and I had to sit on them and then try to do a back bump and then, like, gravitate my way up towards that. But it took me it took me months to learn how to back bump.
1: It's a bit tough. It's like I've, I did one, and it is like being shot in the back. It's, <laughs> yeah. And I don't want to do any more. It's, yeah, I'll leave like you taking, to do that.
3: It's like taking a... They say it's like taking a car crash on your, on your body every time you bump.
1: But you obviously got a flavor for it because here we are now talking. I know, where did, right? Who I know. <laughs> uh, where did it go from uh, the, the guy at the show saying, you don't belong here, come to my event. What happened between there and joining the ROH Dojo?
3: So I... Um, I started managing Grim Reefer, Grim Reefer, then I started managing a guy named Guapo Grande, and they got to the point where I guess my popularity as a big booty Trudy was starting to get a name in New York City, where people thought that I could wrestle, and I couldn't. So Reefer was like, he basically pulled me to the side and he was like, yo you got to start wrestling. And, you know, my fear was like, no, I don't want to do this. He's like, but I want you to go to one of the best schools to learn how to wrestle. And he's like, you can either, because I live, actually live closer to Philly. Even though I was going to like New York City, I live a little closer to Philly. So he's like, either you can go to CZW or you can go to ROH. So he's like, but I want you to learn how to wrestle before this is all said and done. So I thought about it. I I didn't think that I wanted to do it. But what happened was, and it's kind of like a blessing in disguise. I was working a full-time job in New York City and there was layoffs. And I just happened to be on one of those chopping blocks where I got laid off. So I was like, well, I have nothing to do. I don't have to go to New York City anymore. Something just told me to send an email to ROH. And then they responded that day. It's like, oh, we're starting training classes in January. Come uh, two weeks beforehand. So you come fill out the paperwork. See, the, uh, Come see the school. See if you like it. I went down there. Uh, everybody, you know, introduced themselves and everything to me. And uh, Delirious was like, I think you could fit in here. So let me know if you want to come in January. And I just started showing up
1: before we move on to your second match for your dvd i have to ask and i apologize it's going to sound like the, the worst thing coming out of my mouth but because the, the name's great but when i say it, it's going to sound awful who came up with big booty trudy <laughs> sounds awful coming out of my face sounds awful <laughs> so they did. sorry Faye. They, they actually did.
3: did they came up grim reefer came up with big booty trudy
1: big booty trudy. and i
3: just i was like all right like the if that's the day we're going with, then sure, I'll take it.
1: Do you think? Do you think there's a, still a little bit of big booty, Trudy? There, even all these years on.
3: <laughs> Always, I don't think Always. she ever went away. I don't think she <laughs> ever went away.
1: <laughs> your second match for your DVD, we had Sasha versus Charlotte versus Becky from WrestleMania. Uh, what would you like your second one to be, Faye?
3: Okay, so people are going to judge me off of this, and I don't care because I did like this match. It was SummerSlam 98. It was Mark Merrill and Jacqueline versus Edge and Sable. Here we go.
2: This one and Jacqueline mixed tag
1: team matchup here. But why would Sable go for somebody as unproven as the
0: edge? And Merrill quickly gets a tag. And now Jacqueline uh, will face uh, Sable.
2: I think that's. Oh. Jacqueline would like to get in there and
1: do a little damage to. Uh-oh. Yeah.
0: Right hands. Sable with some some uh, kickboxing uh, technique there. Watch it! Oh a Beal right by the head. No. And, oh Mark Merrill just got
3: nailed by Sable. What the heck? I wow. love that match. I don't care what people have to say. And that's why. I, and even then there was um, it was still the women's title. I think it got introduced right after that. But it wasn't the diva era yet, even though they classified Jacqueline and Sable as divas. But then they were still like, you know, not classified as divas yet. But I absolutely love that match. I love the story behind it. This feud between Jacqueline and Sable is probably one of the best women feuds I've ever seen in my life. And to this day, I can't think of another women woman feud that had had the reaction of people that were so drawn into
1: it it was uh, sable was uh, an absolute star in the in 98 and yeah. just eclipsing Mark Mero completely to the point yep. where they went, we've just got, we've just got to run with this. Um, but I have to, I have to ask: is it is it more the, the 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 situation around the fact that it's Sable and Jacqueline that brings you to this match, or is it something in particular about this intergender match that, uh, or this mixed tag match that you like the most?
3: It was definitely Jacqueline and Sable because I was just like, as a kid, I was just so drawn into that story because it's like even back then like you know we didn't know what kate fave was but it's like oh jacqueline's being mean to sable it's not, it's not cool <laughs> but like watching it back now you could tell jacqueline was the wrestler but sable still hold, held her own i don't care what people say of, as sable as a wrestler because at least like she started there she didn't have the years and years of training that Jacqueline had and Jacqueline made Sable look great and Sable definitely like the stuff that she did in that match Yeah, like when she did the roll up into like this little swan time thing with Edge and pin Mark Merrill like that you didn't expect to see certain moves of that caliber from Sable so for me, it, it was definitely Jacqueline and Sable. They had, because then that led into bring the women's title back. And then that led into Jacqueline winning the women's title. But then at Survivor Series, they had their match. They finally had their square off match where people were more, I think, invested into that match than they were invested into the whole pay-per-view because it was like, it was a build up to it. And people were just into it
1: there was a lot there was a long time coming to not just to have them fight because they've been doing that for ages but it was the reintroduction as you say as the women of the women's championship a belt that's kind of that, that came and went for so long in the yeah. WWF you had it was it was a, a part of things in like the 70s and the 80s it came back briefly with like a lundra plays and then disappeared again after Paul Ricardo on it and and now it's back here with Sable and Jacqueline and outer I up until that point so actually yeah, um, sort of Attitude Era time. Would you say Jacqueline is the definitive women's champion of the Attitude Era, or is there somebody else that would challenge that?
3: So I would give it to her, but honestly, I think she was probably more going into the ruthless aggression days. Because she didn't actually have the belt that long. So... I would say the women's champion was honestly Sable. Mm. I would think it was her because it like even when she turned heel, she had the belt and she just made it like she just made it shine. And you know, big ups to Ivory, big ups to I think even Deborah had the belt at one point, right?
1: (laughs) Didn't didn't Deb yes, there was something in Shawn Michaels got involved and awarded it to Deborah (laughs) via forfeit or something.
3: But I think Attitude Era, I would say if you think about the woman's the women's champion during the Attitude Era, it was definitely, it was definitely had to go to Sable.
1: It was Jacqueline that, that got um, WWF in trouble with some British broadcasters over here because I don't know whether it's a match. Oh, yeah. that you, see. you know it, you know it, because I was going to suggest it as a further reading. If you loved Edge and Sable, sable and christian at capital carnage uk only paper remember view.
3: seeing that as a child and yeah yeah
1: it's a 14 year old boy watching that as that was of course the moment that my dad walked into the room <laughs> and said i thought you were watching the wrestling tom Look, well things
3: happen that's all i can like say things happen
1: <laughs> exactly it's 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 excellent it's a, it's still an excellent feud that they had and uh, it was funny to see it spill over into that one um so you've with the re- with with your in ring uh and it's weird to say it because like talking to you for the last half an hour i kind of know what the answer's going to be but like where does where does faye jackson the wrestler begin and end i i don't know whether there is a beginning and an end or not whether you're one and the same
3: ah uh, ah uh.
1: Because there's a few people we've spoken to on here, and and there's very much a divide between this is when I am wrestling, this is when I'm on, and then I go home and I sit quietly. And uh, but I don't know whether that's the same with yourself.
3: Well, I think the only difference is um, Faye Jackson is definitely outgoing, um, speaks her mind, speaks her truth, uh, very flirtatious, and also you know maybe somewhat say highly sexual, which I would take as a compliment as well. I would say at home, I'm more of a homebody. I like watching Netflix. I like watching stuff on TV. I like cooking. But other than that, um, is there really much of a difference? Not really. And I think that's what why people like me so much is because they see I am who I am. All I do is Faye, turn Faye Jackson up times 10, especially when it comes to performing. But even at home, like when you're talking to me, I am who I am. That's just
1: that's just that's just it. Is there a match, um, following your stuff with with the ROH dojo moving forward from there, is there a particular match that you can recall where you feel like you found your stride and you you really discovered like this is what I wanna do, this is how I wanna go about it, this is what I wanna be.
3: So there is one match where in particular, like we're all we all try new stuff, new like poses, new gimmicks in the ring and see if it all fits. If it works, it works. If it doesn't, it doesn't. There um, There was a match that I had with uh, at a AIW in Cleveland and I wrestled a man named Juan Tucker. I don't think like he was new at the time, but his facial expressions and everything and even um, at that time, the promoter AIW said, I have booked this match as a joke because Tuan Tucker was a trainee there, but he had the biggest crush on me. And he was like to the point where there were times that like, I would come to AIW and he wouldn't even speak, he would run away. But I would go try to find him, like, hey, come talk to me. What's going on? What's new? And all this stuff. So he booked this match for Twan as a joke. He's like, because he's not going to wrestle good and this, that, and the third. But I don't think Twan even realizes that that match helped me as much as that match helped helped him. Because for me, I was able to bring, actually bring who Faye Jackson was as a character and a wrestler out in that match. So as he's like putting me in a waist locks and things like that, and I'm able to like, like slide my hands and twerk on them. And then if I put them, and a full Nelson, but then I start sliding my hands down his chest and stuff, and he, like, backs, like, oh, I can't do this, I can't do this. Like, that match, to me, helped me figure out who Faye Jackson really was because the crowd was so into it, and Twan was such, like, his emotions and his storytelling in that match was so good, was so good that even the promoter afterwards was just like, that had to be match of the night that he's like, and I didn't even expect it. And he was only a year in. So, (laughs) but that match helped me figure out who Faye Jackson is as well as, I know it helped out Swan like, get over his fear of, you know, wrestling some of your favorites.
1: What was Twan's reaction when you got backstage after that match, knowing that he has a crush on you? Knowing (laughs) that this match he was yeah. so
3: happy afterwards. He was so happy. Like he gave me the biggest hug, and he was just like, "Thank you so much. Like you have no idea, like what this meant to me. The fact that you even agreed to have this match and all that stuff. And like for me, that's a little humbling because I don't think I'm shit. Like I really don't. Like, I just do what I just do what I do. But. It was the appreciation that he showed afterwards that still you know, still warms my heart to this day.
1: We've missed a lot of that. You mentioned a hug there. And it's and it's it sounds weird to say that it's been a while since many of us have had one. I know. Um, what with what with the world shutting down and you're quite a tactile person. I can imagine it's it's tough, right?
3: I am. I am. I like people do the handshakes. I'm not a handshake person. I'm a hugger.
1: It's and it's been weird to be away from it all, and and lots has actually gone on in wrestling since since then, uh, and and not just in wrestling, but in the world in general. Uh, the Black Lives Matter movement has been a big part of last year. The speaking out movement uh, mm-hmm. has been a big part of things, and now we're at a point where wrestling is starting to slowly restart again. And uh, you've you've got your, your your boots back on, and you've been out there. What's the temperature at the moment in in the state on stateside following these? these big changes to, to social landscapes in wrestling, how are you finding things?
3: Um, people are being more vocal, but people are, I think people don't know how to react to certain things still. So I feel like there still need to be a conversation that needs to be had in wrestling, um, as far as like the speaking out movement and as far as the Black Lives Matter movement, because people don't want to tiptoe Like everything was put out there last year and now people are kind of so apologetic that they don't have to be because it's like, you're apologizing, but what are you apologizing for? And if you don't know what you're apologizing for, you're just apologizing. Like don't apologize to me because you see that I'm a black woman. Like don't apologize to someone that don't apologize to like uh Like any like maybe Trisha Dora or or uh, like Tara Calloway don't apologize to them because they're women and they're in this business. These are things that we knew what was going to happen in this business, but you need to know why you're apologizing. So until we're comfortable with actually having that conversation and not just on social media, and I mean like literally having a conversation face-to-face when the nor- the world gets normal again. So we know how to take certain accountabilities for certain things. We know what triggers are. We know what the distance should be between each other. We know if a man wants to come up to me and just give me a hug for no reason. Okay, why are you giving me this hug? And make sure your hands are in this like proper space. And also having like, kind of, you know, watching what you say. Now men don't even want to talk to you anymore without it being like, oh, I didn't want to come, come off as like nasty or mean, or I don't want to come off as like being a creep or something like that. Because people are like uncomfortable. Now we need to get to the comfortable part.
1: It is one of those things where, because society has conditioned people to be such a way for so long that you've, you've got a whole bunch of people who are, as you say, frightened to do anything now. Mm-hmm. And and we do desperately need to get past that. Otherwise, what was the point in bringing all this up? Because all it does, it just, it's, it was designed, this whole thing was designed to, to bring us together and If it ends up pushing people further apart, then there was no, you know, it's that's 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 terrible. What was the point? What was the point? You mentioned Tara Calloway there. At a time of when this goes out, uh, it'll be the week. It'll be just a few days before a a tribute show for Tara Calloway. Yes, uh, that is happening. So talk to me about how that ball got rolling.
3: Okay, so she. This poor child, <laughs> and I love her dearly. I'm actually, after this interview, I'm going to go take her to her doctor's appointment. <laughs>
1: oh, bless you. Oh, bless you.
3: Oh, that's my, uh, she's more than a friend to me. She's like a sister. Um, She recently tore her ACL, and... That's going to put her out for another year just when she had just returned back to wrestling cuz you know she missed it she wanted to come back she wanted to make an impact and unfortunately uh her knee said otherwise so she just had surgery uh like maybe last week yeah she had surgery last week and surgeries out here cause um medical unfortunately you could work for hours and hours you work more than 40 hours a week and you still can't afford to take care of yourself but that's how healthcare is structured here unfortunately so we're doing this benefit show for her so she can pay her medical bills
1: that is a sign of the wrestling community uh coming back and coming together it really yes. is isn't it
3: Yes. Yes. And that's more things that we need instead of, you know, we all put on shows for fun and entertainment, but you know, it should be like some shows should be for certain causes and especially for someone that is so beloved in the business. Like why not?
1: And some shows should feature men in gray sweatpants. Yes. (laughs) Which we're going to get to in one moment because before that, before that, now that's the top of your mind, before that, the other thing that I like to spring on people in these interviews, Faye, it's nothing bad, I promise. Um, we, as well as taking uh, a DVD with three wrestling matches, you're also allowed to take with you uh, a movie, an album, and a luxury item. Oh! So, so a luxury item can be something with some significance to you. Uh, it can be like some personal meaning. It could be something functional uh, that you might want to use while you're there. It could be something you use every day. It could be something you just might want to just have with you. Um, so in terms of a movie, what movie would you like to take? Just one? The your head? Just the one. What movie comes to mind, Faye?
3: Oh, man. Just one? Just one.
1: Just <laughs> one. What's oh. the, what's the, what are you torn between? Because it sounds like there's a couple bouncing around. What's what what are you torn between?
3: Okay, so I absolutely love. I don't know if you ever seen it, but it's called Harlem Nights. Okay, it's what uh, Eddie Murphy, Red Fox. Um, um, it's all oh, it's an all star cast of just black comedians, just in the '80s, just being the best that they can be. Uh, you know, when it came out, of course, I wasn't nearly old enough to even watch this movie, <laughs> but now, <laughs> now uh, Richard Pryor, one of the greatest comedians of all time. Um, yeah, that oh, that movie to me was, it was just based off of uh, Black people in the 1920s having their own thing, they, um, Richard Pryor had a casino making a lot of money, and, you know, there's mobs, there's gangsters, there's things like that, and it was just, the movie was just so freaking hilarious, like, Della Reese got shot in the pinky toe by Eddie Murphy, because they were going to fight outside, and (laughs) she pulled out a knife on Eddie Murphy, and he was like, I'm going to pull out this gun on you. And she's like, you're not going to shoot me. You're not going to shoot me. Shoot my... And then she puts her foot up like, you going to shoot me in my pinky toe then. Just shoot me in. And she starts wiggling her foot around. And he just gets that look like, okay, boom. <laughs> Shot her in the pinky toe. <laughs> like that movie to me is, I could watch that every single day.
1: Well, I think that's the one we should take then.
3: But there's another one.
1: Oh, <laughs> no. Ah, no.
3: <laughs> so, I'm going to mention it, but I'm not going to take it with me. All it's right. Another movie called A Long Kiss Goodnight. And it has, oh, lovely. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, Gina Davis and Samuel L. Jackson. That mo- I, don't- I love this movie, and I'm shocked nobody in wrestling has done a Charlie Baltimore gimmick.
1: Oh. Who would be a good Charlie Baltimore in wrestling?
3: Honestly. Because she already kind of got the name Charlie
1: Evans. Nice. Yep. Yeah. I like that. I like that. I like do, that a lot. Like
3: she could switch it up to like half blonde, half dark hair. Well she's, then, she's like, got
1: the blonde streak at the moment, hasn't she? If she,
3: if she did it like oh. half and half though, and like when she's like when she's Charlene, like the nice sweet home home cook or whatever, she can have the dark hair on one side, but when Charlie Baltimore comes out, she flips it over and it's all blonde and she just becomes like like an assassin.
1: Well, we're hoping to get her on this show. So when we do, Tell I her will I say, said <laughs> this is the conversation. This is the conversation. But we're definitely taking Harlem nights. So we're, not, we're not taking a long kiss goodbye.
3: Yeah, we're going to take Harlem nights. I need to laugh Harlem. while I'm on this desert island, I guess. <laughs> what,
1: what about an album, Faye? What, what about an album? And I'm a music lover. That's going to be hard, too. That's going to be hard.
3: Okay, Beyonce B-Day.
1: Why B-Day over the others? What is it about that album that that jumps out to you first?
3: So for me, uh, that album, I'm going to be honest, I was not beforehand. Like, I liked Dangerously in Love, but I was, still wasn't sold on Beyonce. So I didn't even, like, pay attention to B-Day, the album, until I went to see her in concert. And I was only... the this is around the time i was in college and i think i started working an internship with the cavaliers and they gave us tickets to see beyonce in concert cuz she was uh, performing at the q arena and i was like oh i want to go but then some of the dancers hit me up and uh some of the um hip hop dancers like yo just come to this just come it's free we're going to be in the suite we're going to have a uh, Open bar, you know, I couldn't drink it, but...
1: <laughs> did you have a drink in the open bar, Faye?
3: <laughs> but she... it was, was faded,
1: faded. did, <laughs> Faye had a drink in the open bar.
3: I was just like, yeah, I'll, whatever, it's free. I mean, I, and then I could say I went to a Beyonce concert and literally that concert changed my whole look on Beyonce to the point where I never miss the Beyonce concert ever again, ever. Only one I miss and I'm still upset about it is the one she performed at Coachella because it was in uh, it was in California. Cause other than that, I would have bought a flight and I would have went to that. Cause her in concert, I don't care what anybody says. People saw Michael Jackson in concert and talk about the, how he's the greatest entertainer alive. Go see Beyonce in concert. She is the greatest entertainer alive. So B-Day, that was when her second album had came out and she performed all, and I didn't even listen to that album, but she performed all the songs and I was just like, I was just jamming to all of it. Like I became a stan. I became a part of the Beehive after that to the point where like the next day I went to the store, I went to Best Buy, bought CDs. Remember when we used to buy CDs? Crazy, right? Vaguely remember
1: that time, yeah. (laughs) in the old world
3: the crazy right i went and bought the cd and i just played it back to back to back to back to the point where my roommates and people in my dorm was like girl
1: please stop <laughs> there's something about the power of beyonce where she can make an album i think it was lemonade and she just went oh i've just made this no hype just went, oh, just you hey, hey go, just gonna pop. Like she, she, she put the album online in in the same way it, with the same sort of energy that you'd lick a stamp for an envelope and post. Like there's that. Have a listen if you want. What? Where did you? What? What? <laughs> oh, it's just a whole album, enjoy. See you later. I'm off to the bar. It went
3: about her day, and we're like listening to the whole album and then it came then she came out with the uh the video aspects of it too so every song and she does this with all her albums only album she hasn't done this with was i want to say her first one dangerously in love then she has a music video to every single song on the cd so not only are you listening to it in the car you can go home and watch it and it's just like Oh, she, oh, uh, queen, queen. I would love, oh, if I could ever meet her, I'll probably like just turn into dust and just <laughs> blow away and, oh my God. Like she has no idea the impact she has on the world, let alone me, but the world.
1: No way. No, she doesn't, does she? That's it's incredible. How about a luxury item? You can't take Beyonce as a luxury item, unfortunately. <laughs> um, but you can take something else. What would you like to take? can it be food yeah of course it can okay so what's What's the dish that you're taking what's the what's number one at the moment i'm going through like a taco
3: phase at the moment i feel like i've been eating like shredded chicken tacos for like the past few days (laughs) and i need to change it but and i then i made some um like some cabbage slaw to put on top of it. Like I made shrimp tacos the other day and I put like this like cilantro cabbage slaw that I made and put it on top and it was just like perfect. Cause I like to cook. I do like to cook. So if I'm able to, oh, bam, I know what I'm taking. My red lobster cheddar baked biscuits. I don't know if you have red lobster.
1: (laughs) (laughs) We don't know. I, I went to one in New York years ago. Uh, because again like we don't have this over in over in england i want one now uh but i hadn't so what was the dish again the cheddar biscuits
3: yes the cheddar bay biscuits oh my god they put like this garlic butter sauce on top of this on these biscuits and it was like cheesy and like oh just fluffy and those are the best things ever made red lobster food actually i'm not even gonna front like I don't know if the portions got smaller or something. So like when you order crab legs, they only give you five and you only go and you get them for like $30. But I can sit there and eat biscuits all day.
1: See, the the, the English people listening will will get into that discussion with someone they love right now. Because when you say biscuits over here, it means something completely different. Don't order biscuits and gravy over here because you'll get cookies. Covered in yeah, meat, I was about to say. So. I think they were called
3: cookies or something. I am thinking of the name. I was like, is that secret cookies or something?
1: Over yeah, here? over here biscuits or cookies, and and what you call biscuits, we call. I think they're scones, but we're not sure. Like the <laughs> like the kiss the kissing cousin of the scone is what you have as a biscuit over there. Oh, they're good. The are they're not hard, the same, right? As... Yes, they are. Yeah, they can be. It depends how it depends how long you leave them out. Uh, but. <laughs> It can be, but that's a good dish. Take take that one. Take yeah. that one. You say you're a, you say that you're you're an avid cook. What is a go to dish? If you wanted to impress somebody, if it's a date night and someone's coming over and you've ch- you said, hey, come over, I'm gonna cook. What are you cooking?
3: Actually, my go to dish, people. So this recipe has been passed down from my grandmother to my mom to me, is a uh, spaghetti.
1: Nice. My mom. Nice.
3: Has and people actually tell me this to this day like my mom makes the best spaghetti because she doesn't just put ground beef she puts a few meats in there that people don't know about that you know she tells us don't tell people don't give people my recipe but yeah even when like i when i cook for my friends and i make them spaghetti they'll first look at it like what what you put up in here this looks like you put like people thought think i put hot dogs in my spaghetti but it's not hot dogs it's a smoked sausage
1: nice
3: and people like i will never have any leftovers because they eat it all up
1: no because that's that's a good shout and is that as well as the other meats that are top secret that i don't want to say mystery meat because that means something in america that's, <laughs> mystery meat. don't put mystery meat in it's horrible <laughs>
3: <laughs> but there's three meats we put in the spaghetti that's all i'm gonna say
1: okay okay well look we, we won't break kayfabe on the on, on the on the on the the, the secret foe jackson family recipe.
3: Was, if my mom knew her recipe went out i would never hear the end of it
0: They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out-of-pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what-ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince.
1: Let's talk about men in sweatpants instead. <laughs> Let's talk. So, uh, you are you part of you are organising uh, as part of uh, GCW's Collective Remix the the grey sweatpants battle royal it is finally happening. Faye, this was meant to happen last year yeah. and then the world shut down just to take me back to the day because because the the hype for the gcw shows last year was incredible it was going to be a, like a, a massive week of wrestling it was almost something like the edinburgh fringe festival of wrestling almost with everything you guys would do with gcw talk us through the day that you found out that that it was all going away
3: huh. actually i think it was
1: today last year oh wow so a year today because it was a year today that we had that episode of monday night raw from the performance center and everything felt weird and cold and scary so it may have well been a year on as well
3: yeah because it was just you know it was bad enough that coronavirus was just like just taking rampage everywhere but then we all had to stay home and then all the states start putting the like their lockdown procedures on, which, you know, God bless, because if we don't know how to stay home and we don't know how to not get each other sick, then we gotta we gotta stay home and just deal with it. But I wanna say today on this day is when I think Florida said no, they're not allowing people in. New York City said we're not allowing people in, uh New Jersey said like all of the states were just like, you know what? If there's any events, cancel them. And you gotta oblige. I know, there was, I know a lot of shows were still trying to push, like maybe it'll get better, maybe it'll get better. And actually it just got worse. So yeah, it was devastating. It really was because it was like so much hype behind it. And it was just something new. It was something different. Something that, you know, women, there are so many women fans that wrestling still ignore because it's still like a male dominated sport but even with it being a male dominated sport women have eyes women like seeing you know eye candy I mean some women may not know what wrestler is what but they're like oh uh that dude's hot uh Drew McIntyre is hot uh Roman Reigns is hot like they're shirtless why not look at this And then they start to respect what they're doing. But I don't think even now women fans are being accounted for. And the women fan base is actually growing to the point where they want to be involved with wrestling. If it's like doing podcasts or doing websites or like doing blogs or even like getting involved in the business, becoming managers or commentators or, uh, uh, any type of valet or getting into wrestling because they're being drawn into this this crazy world because it's crazy (laughs) but I finally just wanted to like do something where it's just like you know what women get sexualized all the time no matter what we do some people can watch wrestling some men to this day for watch wrestling and it doesn't matter how good they wrestle it's like oh her tights went up her ass on oh, and then they'll make a gif of it that's just and that's just what happens so why not do something where the women can be like you know what i want to. i want i want to try to see something
1: <laughs> my, my good lady made a, a really good point we talked about this and talked about how um there is a lot of sexualization in wrestling and in pop culture in general, and you will get a lot of a lot of people who will go, "Well, yeah, well, there's men in wrestling that have their tops off, so it's the same." And you have to go, "It's not the same. It's not the same thing at all because it's 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 what men perceive as what men should be and what men should look like to the female eye. So even it's 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 the perception is all wrong. So when When I heard you say "gray sweatpants are lingerie for men," I a hundred percent got it. Because I must put my hand up as a bit of an idiot when (laughs) I last year when you were talking about the gray sweatpants uh, invitational, I I didn't get the thing. I was just like, "Oh, cool! They can just wear comfy clothes and wrestle." (laughs) I didn't. I genuinely didn't get it. But then. But then I'm not the target audience, so it's fine. And you when you know said, it. I mean, well, I mean, I mean, who knows? I'm, I'm I'm open-minded, but um, it could it could change everything. But it's that idea, and and that's and that's why it's important, is it? Because okay, women are sexualized. Fine. Here is a match where men are sexualized. <laughs> yep. That's here we go. Have a lovely time. Because grey sweatpants do that. This is what I've learned from, from listening and, and, and following you, Faye. That's yeah. what I've learned. Didn't know that before. Yes. Um, and you see, it doesn't take men much.
3: Women damn near have to be naked. But for men, I, I honestly, you can wear a T-shirt and some gray sweatpants, and that's all we need to see.
1: <laughs> I heard that um, two Cold Scorpio reached out to be in it. <laughs> And Scorp two Cold Scorpio's reputation for yeah. this particular thing would have would, would have basically you'd have been grading on a curve with two cold Scorpio in this match. But we have you have reached a compromise, haven't you, with Two Cold yes. Scorpio?
3: Yes. I have. I love I love two cold like an uncle. I do, and he knows that. But I also told him that I ain't trying to see that. <laughs> for three tests, I as uncle, so i back to see that. And he's like, oh niece, I want to be in the battle royal. I was like, look, <laughs> here's a compromise. So instead of him being in the battle royal, he's still gonna come to the show. I'm gonna induct him in the gray sweatpants Hall of Fame. Yes. He is it. He is. It's there. It's there.
1: You might as well call it the two cold Scorpio battle royal.
3: He is the 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 leader of it all. That's all I'm gonna say. So he. <laughs> I mean, he's in the hall of fame.
1: Who is in the 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 sweatpants invitational that um, you you have personally scouted that you're keen to <laughs> that you're. Keen to see perform, Faye.
3: <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I scouted all of them. <laughs>
1: Obviously.
3: <laughs> oh, man. They've
1: oh. all got the seal of approval. Like, there's the, there's a little stamp that you put on everybody that goes in. But so, um, who, are you, who are you excited to see? Come on. Uh,
3: PB Smooth. Um, he's definitely in it. So... Crime Time was supposed to be in it last year. JTG is in it this year, unfortunately, you know, with Shad, uh, his unfortunate timing. But, you know, we are going to do something to honor him because last year, between JTG and Shad last year, they hit me up so much during the process of promoting the battle royal like oh how many tickets do you need so do you have front row tickets left do you need me to do a promo video do you need me to do any more announcements do you need for me like they were just always hitting me up asking me checking on me to see how everything was going and i so like appreciated that like uh like because wrestlers they could take the bookings and they won't say anything about what show they're on and probably till like the day of, they don't help promote. They like, they get paid to do their job and that's about it. And for them to constantly just like, Hey, what else do we need to do? That meant so much. So JTG is in it and he's going to do something to honor Chad. Well, oh, God, there's so many. Um, My dear friends, and they're actually TikTok stars, um, Keith Mack and Montana Black. They, um, I gave them the bookings and the signings. (laughs) Casey Navarro, he's up and coming. He's young talent, but he's been on AEW so far. He's been on Impact so far. He's just, you know, and he's a young little stud. So he's got the bookings and signings um oh god there's there's just so there's so many just so many (laughs) i'm trying to think who else on the top of my head uh i said pb i said uh oh devon monroe he kept asking me what he could do for the battle royal and i just straight up asked him i was like are you comfortable being in this battle royal He's like, I got something to prove to. He's like, yeah, he he doesn't. There's a thing going on and there's no shade to anyone, but he's one of those people that's being labeled as a gay wrestler because, you know, he's gay. So what? He's still a wrestler at the end of the day. So he's like, mama, he calls me mama. He's like, mama, I got something to prove. Put me in there, please. So I was like, go in there and give him hell. I don't like, I don't care about your orientation. I just want to see if you got something to prove. And he wants right. to hang in there with the boys. There you go. Bam. So Devon Monroe, he's he's got the book and the signings. Uh, who else? There's so many. And I still got more announcements to make. So,
1: so be prepared. Oh yeah! Excited. Friday, April the 9th, twelve p.m. Uh, it's part of Alley Cat's Real Hot Girl Shit. Yes. As uh, so the GCW Collective, you're doing other the stuff during the Collective uh, Remix as well, aren't you? You're part of for the culture. Yeah. Uh, during that week as well, uh, and a, a show that's one that everybody's very much got an eye on as well. There's there's a lot to a lot to prove, a lot to do with that one. Who? Uh, what is it? Who is it on that show that you're excited to see? Excited to meet up with?
3: Uh, for Florida Culture, um, I know Darius Lockhart, he
1: took a year off because he had an injury. He
3: uh, And I know he, he's wrestling in the UK for uh, quite a while, I want to say. Yeah, like, just three, down maybe?
1: the road from where I sit now in Leeds. Uh, he's been a part of Rise and um, I had the privilege of calling one of his matches. He's excellent. Top guy, top lad. So, so glad he, to see him yeah. back
3: he's definitely got something to show the world and I can, I couldn't be more proud of him. And he's such a leader in this business. I don't think people realize that he's such a leader in this business. And um, who else is on the show? There's so many people on the show. Oh, well, too cold. <laughs> uh, All the
1: fame cold. bound too cold.
3: Yes. Too cold versus Rich Swan. You know, that's going to be a show stealer because, because my God, that's all you can say about that.
1: There's a lot of uh, similarity in terms of, of style and presence uh, between Rich Swan and Two Cold Scorpio. And something like that kind of feels like a bit of a passing of the torch type moment between it, the two.
3: And it it's I, like, I don't even want to call it like old school versus new school because Uncle Two Cold, Too Cold can still go. Like, he,
1: Absolutely.
3: He go. He's still doing shit better than half of the people that are in their 20s like he <laughs> can still go i'm actually kind of shocked that no like major company has said you know what just bring your ass back like <laughs> just, come on. just, just see, come on it seems
1: like we're missing something with with two cold scorpion not being, i mean i would have thought if anybody aew might just go hey come on down yeah come do a little bit for us come see what <laughs> come see what's he what will,
3: he will steal the show it doesn't matter what age he is, he will still the show. And then me and Willow are uh, we're tagging up again. Uh, we go by Thinking and Juicy, and we're actually facing the the Impact Tag Champs at the moment, uh, Kiera Hogan and Tasha Steele. So we got some we got some some things that we're going to show. We're going to show the world. That's all I'm gonna say. I-
1: at some point during WrestleMania week, are we going to see a showdown between um, the Thirst squad and Sugar Dunkerton's Wholesome Squad?
0: Because if we
1: don't, then uh, what's the point in anything? Because that's one of my favorite Twitter rivalries at the moment. Sug D keeping it, keeping it wholesome and, and you basically breaking him.
3: So Sugar does plan on trying to stop my Battle Royal. That's not going to happen. Oh, that's not going to happen.
1: Uh, No, no.
3: Like I said, I got a couple of announcements up my sleeve. I I have a couple of announcements that he's not going to be happy about. That's all I'm going to say. They're going to be coming out real soon. (laughs) He's not going to be happy about
1: those. His little wholesome gang. (laughs) 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 I kind of hope. I love Shug. I kind of hope you break him over WrestleMania week, though. I'm just saying. (laughs) And I I, I, I love the guy. He's ace. He's a top bloke. Um, your final match for your DVD. We're going to we'll do all the plugs and want to tell everybody about uh, where they can find you in GCW in just a moment, but let's just let's get the, the DVD burned first of all. Uh, final match, we had a big WrestleMania showdown between Charlotte Flair, Becky Lynch and Sasha Banks. We had SummerSlam 98, The Highway to Hell, Edge and Sable teaming up to face Jacqueline and Mark Mero. What's your third one going to be, Faye Jackson? So in the spirit of a
3: rumble, because I'm including the whole like including a whole uh Royal Rumble in this because I feel like I can I like to break rules.
1: <laughs> Do it.
3: I am going to put the 1999 Royal Rumble and for one main reason who should be on in the Hall of Fame on her own.
2: Corporate Royal that was Austin. Wait, I, I don't care. Look at this. And Mark Henry now, China taking it to Mark Henry. Oh, Mark man. Henry was bragging about doing the wild thing with China, and he's paying for it now. He fessed up, he, he confessed it was alive. Right. Hell have no fury like a woman scorned. Well, this one was scorned, all right, no doubt about that. And there goes Mark Henry. So- oh, China! How did she do that? She use How did she open? do that? Against him! Oh, there goes China. The rattlesnake doesn't give a damn
1: if you're a man or a woman! Did you see that? The owner man? of the company! The rattlesnake doesn't care!
3: If that's not history, I don't know what is.
1: That was a moment when you when we watched it live and China came out, there was a big reaction. Yes. Yeah, because it was because everyone knew that this was a bit of a, a a shift in the guard. This was something that hadn't been done before. And it was amazing to see that, What did it mean to you to see that go down?
3: That to me, I think that was so groundbreaking to show that women are just as tough, if not tougher than men. Like she went in there and gave Mark Henry a couple of strikes. Who I love, Mark, by the way gave Mark Henry a couple of straights, then tossed his big ass over the top rope. Come on! Come on! It didn't matter how long she lasted in that Battle Royale. It didn't even matter. It was the fact that she got to be in it.
1: Just being in the mix was just enough. Where were you when you watched that one? So this would have been 1999. What was Faye Jackson doing?
3: Oh, I was in Toledo, Ohio, in my own little room, because I was a good child, so I got, the, I got my own room. <laughs> and I was, yeah, I was watching it in my room, eating, probably, I'm sure I was eating pizza or something, because uh, my mom knew when pay-per-views came, at least she would pop popcorn or order pizza or something like that wow. for me. Well, I was at home being and couldn't wait to get to school the next day, so we could talk about the Royal Rumble and talk about oh, you see China throw out Mark Henry and like Gilbert was in it for a hot second, and I remember I think even now correct me if I'm wrong, um, Stone Cold threw out China, and I think Stone Cold got booed for a little
1: bit. There was a little bit of a reaction to Stone. I mean, and Stone Cold was. Like Stone Cold could have done anything at that point. Yes. And people would have just, just, uh, yes, I heartily agree. Cheer, cheer, cheer. But there was like a little residual boo when, because because the, the reaction to China was so great when she came out. And for her to go relatively quickly, there was a, a bit of heat on Steve Austin. I mean, it dissipated moments later. I think he chucked out Boss Man and everything it was fine. But yeah, in that moment, there was, you couldn't ignore the fact that oh, there was a little bit of a, a little bit of a vibe that they weren't happy about that happening. They weren't yeah, happy about that happening. Because it was like, it was China's moment. And like
3: I said, she got it. And from there, it was like, sky's the limit for her. Because they could see that, like, she, she's here. She's in it. And people loved her. People loved the fact that she was in it. And of course, uh Vince McMahon won.
1: <laughs> Which- it was... Great shit out, shit outzery in that match was stunning. With Vince and Austin starting, Vince legging it through the building, and then just turning up and sitting on commentary for ages. Yeah. Oh, it was beautiful.
3: It was so, that that whole Royal Rumble, that that whole match was so entertaining, and it gave us the best theme song of all time. No chance in hell. I don't care what anybody says. That song is the best theme song ever made. Like as soon as you hear it now, you know Vince is coming. You can't help but sing it. You could call him an asshole or whatever, but you're going to sing it because it's so good.
1: It's everything about that. It's it's, an, it's, it's a pay-per-view. It's a rumble that gets overlooked quite a bit, I think, as well, because there, there have been bigger rumbles in terms of talent and stars and stuff, but the iconic moment of the first woman in the rumble, among everything else, I think and makes And then
3: people something. being pissed off at the end because Vince came in and just tossed Stone Cold over.
1: Did it? Did it inspire you enough to leave your room and smack your half brothers around? <laughs> this is for yesterday. Throwing a football at me. I
3: mean, I'm sure I probably jumped on their bed at, at one point after watching a match or watching something. Uh, were they wrong? I don't even. Honestly, I don't even think they were wrong at that time. Because, like I said, they they were so much older than me. They started living their own lives and things like that. So I don't even think they were around. I just got my own. Like there was a, there was a room with a bed and it had stuff in it. So if they came home, it was theirs. But if not, it didn't matter. I had my own room. That's what mattered.
1: I, I like to to have this one of the last questions that we ask. And uh, if you Faye Jackson go back and, and see yourself there watching the 99 Royal rumble, um, China's walking out. You got pizza in one hand, and you're just embracing this moment. What would you like to say to Faye Jackson in 1999? What advice would you give her? I would
3: tell her to keep watching because one day that's going to be you. One day in the future, that's going to you're going to you're going to change the game. So don't don't let anything stop you. No matter what, because that. Like you, you could be, you are China, you are China, you are Jacqueline, you are Sable, you are what you are watching and don't let anybody tell you any different.
1: Amazing. Faye Jackson, where can people find you online?
3: (laughs) At their own risk. They can follow me me on Twitter and Instagram, Faye Jackson, 419.
1: (laughs) And, uh, you'll ca- and you'll be all around during the collective remix week as well if people are heading to Tampa.
3: Oh, yes. So the collective, um, that Thursday night, it's the April 7th, 11 p.m. The Sport of Culture is me and Willow versus Tasha Steels and Kiara Hogan. And then um, Alley Cat's real hot girl shit, which I don't think she announced my match just yet, but... I'm sure by the time this comes out, it's going to be announced that me versus Allison Kay, because I just say I wanted to fight. So let's fight.
1: Oh, <laughs> wow. And
3: uh, uh, the gray, the finale of it all, the gray sweatpants battle royal where we're all just trying to see something in. And just enjoy ourselves and have a good time. And then I'll be on the beach in Tampa somewhere, probably getting drunk and just <laughs> living my life. Oh, and then that Sunday after WrestleMania at a Costco's parking lot closest to the WrestleMania uh arena <laughs> is me versus Big E in a street fight. Come see yeah. you. yes,
1: yes. Do not tell Faye Jackson's family.
3: (laughs) No. (laughs) (laughs) Because they may show up and then real things may happen and I don't want that to happen. Just let me handle it. Just let me handle
2: it. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter.